With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Uh, you know, to go on the road against the number nine team in the country and hold them to 40% shooting after what they did in their last game against Louisville was something that we can build on. There's no doubt about it. I told the guys, I think we're close. We're, we're going to start making shots. You know, we've got too good of shooters on our team to continue to shoot the percentage we are. You know, unfortunately, we had a really poor night offensively overall from the three, you know, missed eight free throws again. They go 15 for 15 from the line. So we're close. We're, we're, uh, we were right there, uh, you know, with all those things happening. So it's about keeping our guys together, continuing to play with great effort, and hopefully knock down some shots in the next one. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nebraska basketball loses 67-53 to at Wisconsin. It was a game that Nebraska controlled Robin for most of the first half. They had the lead for nearly all of the first half. Uh, the problem is they could have jumped on Wisconsin maybe more than they did. And in the end, um, the Badgers finally warmed up and, and pulled away and had and had one of those big runs where Nebraska was scored. How many minutes were they scoreless for? They went eight minutes without making a field goal. They had a couple free throws in there, but uh, during that eight-minute field goal drought Wisconsin went on a 16-0 run and basically blew the game open and you know you, you look at some of the key stats Wisconsin goes 15 of 15 on free throws Nebraska 9 of 17 and you, you know there's just too many empty opportunities especially early in that game Nebraska had some one one for twos and situations and all those little things matter for Nebraska when when they're trying to win a game on the road against a top ten opponent. Yeah, when you're shooting thirty three percent from the field, twenty nine percent from three point range, you can't afford to go fifty percent at the line, especially when you get seventeen attempts. Uh, so defensively, Nebraska played more than well enough to be in that game in the end, if not win it. But when you shoot at the level that they're shooting right now, you're not going to beat anyone, let alone the number nine team in the country that has five seniors in its starting lineup. Uh, and, you know, when you give them an opportunity, they're eventually going to get going. So, um, you know, until Nebraska figures out how to put the ball through the net on a consistent basis, um, they're going to have these same types of struggles. And that's the big issue right now is they're getting the shots they want guys just aren't making them you know if you look at just the, the percentage of the shots they're getting it's really good and they're getting the looks that Fred Hoiberg wants his teams to take but uh, for the most part at least but when you aren't making it you really put yourself at a, at a real disadvantage even as well as they played defensively and Teddy Allen got into foul trouble in that game and you know only played 25 minutes and, yeah you know he's a guy that you, Delano Banton played 35 Allen would probably be closer to 35 minutes right Robin yeah I mean he was coming kind of was off all night and then the fouls certainly added to that uh you know he still scored in double figures but that was far from the the output they needed I mean he's he's the one guy that when the offense is struggling you can just give him the ball say go get a basket I mean he's he's Teddy Buckets for a reason he's got no fear to fire up shots and just in terms of driving in the lane and creating shots he's as good as they have so not having him available for his normal output uh, was a big part in Nebraska's offensive struggles for sure. Well, Nebraska covered. They were a 16-point dog. Uh, the over-under was 141.5. Uh, 
Um, so the under and Nebraska covered in that game. Um, but yeah, it was frustrating because it felt like they had Wisconsin on a night where maybe the upset could happen. Maybe you could see a Northwestern beating Michigan State. And you know, you look at this league, Robin. It, you think you could predict some of these games pretty easily, but there have been a lot of Rutgers big wins and Michigan, you know, Northwestern winning at Michigan State. I mean, just games that you really couldn't expect. And especially when there's no fans now, the home court advantage on the road is really not what it normally would be when you go on the road. Yeah, the analytics show that obviously with, with no fans, that home court advantage is basically gone this year. It's just a matter of which team kind of wants to play more on a given night. And, uh, you know, Nebraska, they, they started the game playing like they wanted to win more than Wisconsin. Wisconsin kind of just seemed like they were going through the motions. And, you know, they were not only missing a bunch of shots, they started one of 17 from the field. They were badly missing, like three-pointers that were clanking off like the, the backside of the, the rim and uh, just did not look in sync whatsoever. Yet Nebraska could not capitalize on that opportunity. And right now they just don't have that, that margin for error uh, against elite-level competition to go that long with that little uh, production from your offense. And I guess that's the one maybe silver lining is that, you know, eventually the tide could turn and Nebraska starts making those shots. And, um, you know, Lat Mayen starts making three pointers. I think he's one of 14 uh, from three point range over his last four oh, games. six against Wisconsin. Yeah. And so, uh, and then, you know, maybe Teddy Allen, who's like shooting like 60% from the line, he shot 90% a year ago. Maybe he starts making his free throws. Uh, and you know, it, it kind of just goes, across the board where guys that are not that you'd expected to perform at a certain level have been underperforming for the most part. And if that continues into big 10 play, it's going to be a long year, but hopefully the law of averages, you know, figure they even out for Nebraska and those shots start to fall. Well, now Nebraska turns around for a Christmas day basketball. And by the way, what, what is the take? I mean, you talk to a lot of guys kind of behind the scenes are, are, are the kids excited to play on Christmas yes. day. Um, Cause it, you know, they, they, a lot of guys grow up watching NBA on Christmas day and, and, that's that's a basketball holiday, so yes, it's a big deal to be on that window. Even if you are going up against the NBA, and uh, I think that the, the players from top to bottom love the opportunity because you're right, basketball uh, that that Christmas Day NBA slate is kind of like the unofficial start, the real start of the season, and that's the major basketball window for the NBA. And so to be able to have that that same opportunity, you know. I don't think guys are all that worried about not being able to go home because their, they wouldn't season, have been able to their go home. season always overlaps with, with Christmas. And, yeah, the fact that there was no opportunity to travel back, you know, to be able to have that 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 showcase I think is a big deal for them, especially with, with guys that grew up watching those Christmas NBA games. Did you guys ask Fred Hoiberg about that, like playing? I guess you probably haven't had a chance to preview the Christmas game yet with him, but did, did he play in some NBA Christmas yeah, Day games yeah. over his career? He's the same way. I mean, he grew up as a player loving playing on Christmas. And I think that that's just kind of the mentality most basketball players have is, uh, you know, that that's, like I said, that, that that's a, a real neat opportunity, even if it is, you know, taken away from families at all, whatever it is, uh, they still get a chance to, you know, play in a, a pretty prime window where, you know, they're going to have a lot of eyeballs. And that's, that's, it's a platform that you don't normally get. When using a football analogy, I mean, we're we're used to for our entire lives having to have a rushed Thanksgiving every exactly. year to go play a Black Friday Same game. Deal. And Christmas think, in the NBA is like Thanksgiving games in the NFL, or or in Thanksgiving and Black Friday for yeah, for yeah. Nebraska. So, and I'll be honest, like not going to bowl games. I mean, I, sure, it was always a hassle to kind of scramble around, but it was always fun. Like 
I mean, I, I, some of my favorite memories of doing this job were traveling and going out to some of these games over the holidays. And mm-hmm. sometimes my wife has been able to go. And I mean, you, you miss some of that element. I'm, you think this is a one deal thing where the Big Ten will only do it yeah, one year? I think so. Because a lot of it has to do with how the academic calendars were set up. The you bubble. Know, then the finals and stuff like that. Usually you don't want to play. And so normally you want to give guys an opportunity to go home and see their families like a little seven day break. Yeah. And a non pandemic year, I mean, the, the, the gap in the, the semesters, is just kind of a natural break. And then with conference play kicking in, you know, January, it's, it's kind of just makes a lot of sense. So if they return to the normal calendar, the idea of Christmas games, let alone like marquee conference Christmas games is probably going to be a thing of the past. Yeah. Jan- uh, February, you know, it gets pretty. I'm looking at the schedule. There's th- Nebraska will play three games in one week over February. Three conference games: Penn State, Maryland, Purdue, um, and then they'll have a three game week in January. Robin, Indiana, Illinois at Maryland. Mm. Well, welcome to the grind, and especially with not having those. You know, normally you get at least two conference games in early December, and then you get almost a month off before you kick into the rest of the 18 games. Now they're playing 20 straight with no break, and so that's just kind of the the, the nature of the beast in 2020 Big Ten basketball. Yeah, it looks like Michigan. Obviously, Christmas Day is a Friday game against Michigan. Um, I always like that Friday, January, February window. They don't play any Fridays this year, but um, it's a mixture. There's three Sunday games for Nebraska in February, just one Saturday, um, and then in January, Nebraska has two Sunday games and three Saturday games. Big Ten likes those Sunday games. Yeah, it's kind of the the window they like. And, you know, I guess the fact that there aren't, are going to be no fans, it doesn't matter that much and maybe actually works out better because it's a, a better TV window as opposed to a Friday night or Saturday night. So who knows? Maybe this is the year where Sunday games are actually better than weekend games. Yeah, we uh, we tend to get all the Sunday after church games in Lincoln. Uh, you know, a couple years ago it was better. They, they played like four Saturdays, I think, in the league. But It'll be interesting. And Creighton's going to allow fans, 1,700 fans in, in Omaha, the CHI. No word on the Big Ten. I mean, I, I'd be shocked, right, if, if the Big Ten did like a 10% capacity or something like that. Yeah, and it would probably be something where like things would dramatically shift on the, the national scale with the COVID stuff. Uh, but right now, I mean, they've been so precautious about this. And uh, I think they actually feel <laughs> a lot better now that they've turned the page to league-only play. You don't have to worry about the all the factors with different conferences and non-conference games. Uh, you Now you're in your most controlled setting that you can possibly be with guys, every team play, following the same protocols. And they're probably going to stick to that as much as possible. All right. When we come back, we're going to take your questions in the mailbag. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.